And I want to shift gears and talk commodities. We've got just the person to help us do that this morning. Ed Egolinski is here, the head of alternative investments at Direxion. He's joining us to talk markets. And, well, Ed, thank you. A very busy week. Appreciate you setting aside part of your Friday morning for us. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, Ed. I just want to begin with what commodities do you see uh, most impacted by our top story and uh, what uh, traders and investors are focused on this morning? Again, Russia, the Ukraine conflict. Yeah, I think most commodities probably have an upward bias here. Uh, if you look at uh, what Russia and Ukraine export, it really touches all the major commodity sectors from energy, metals to grains. And if the futures curve, Ben, is any indication, most commodities continue to be in backwardation, uh, which means that uh, demand is exceeding uh, supply. Uh, so this this conflict uh, you know, really could have major impact, uh, not just on oil, uh, but the grain markets and metals as well. Uh, Ed, there's the initial shock, and then there's sort of uh, this prolonged impact, as you wrote in your notes. There's a difference here, right? I mean, we've pulled back in this, from the initial move up in many markets. The crude, I pointed out, back to the 93 level after a spike to 100. The Brent to 102 yesterday. It's significantly lower. But uh, the difference between the initial move and uh, what happens if this is, uh, continues over a longer period of time? Well, I think that that's the key there, Ben. There's a, a twofold uh, issue here. One is uh, the length of the uh, war and the severity of it. Hopefully, that won't be the case. Uh, and then the sanctions, how mm -hmm. deep those sanctions get, how specific they get towards uh, the actual commodities, particularly oil uh, and restricting exporting uh, from, from Russia. That remains to be seen. And those are the two wild cards there. Uh, in regards to crude oil, uh, you know, you do have stockpiles, global stockpiles at multi-year lows right now. OPEC Plus doesn't look like they're going to step to the plate to bring more oil into the market. Uh, Iran's a wild card. Uh, there's been talks of a nuclear treaty taking place, but that could take some time for that to get back online. Um, and then you talk about the unintended consequences of alternative energy. And the fact that uh, the U.S. right now uh, is not a net exporter or a net importer again. Uh, so you don't know how long uh, the U.S. Uh, is going to continue to not be able to support the shortage potential in the market. Uh, there is talks about the uh, strategic petroleum reserves that we may tap into. But even that supply uh, has been withered down. Um, as a result of the lack of CapEx spending that's going on uh, in the U.S. and globally, you just don't have that oil ready to ship. You know, Ed, I've been trying to remind our viewers to not get tunnel vision on this uh, Ukraine-Russia story because a pipeline outage of sorts or any other disruption in terms of supplies right now could really throw a monkey wrench into things. Well, especially in the natural gas case, uh, Ben, uh, and, and the ties it has to Europe, uh, about 40%, uh, everybody's probably heard this already, uh, in terms of natural gas from Europe is received uh, through Russia. Those pipelines extend into the Ukraine. So depending on the military conflict could have really significant impact on natural gas prices. Keep in mind also, most of the uh, transport is through pipelines. It'll take a lot longer uh, for that to come from the U.S. because you have to transport that. 
Uh, so natural gas could be vulnerable here. Also, you have to look at the seasonality, weather. If mm -hmm. uh, the balance of the winter mm -hmm. uh, is severe in Europe, uh, that could also put further pressure uh, on natural gas uh, prices to the upside. Extending the uh, energy crisis that they've been dealing with, do you see natural gas back up and through the $5 level? Or are you expecting to see those pressures come into play at some point? You know, uh, I, I do think there, there'll be some uh, spikes above five. Okay. Uh, the sustainability of that remains to be seen. I think there's got to be some uh, significant impact to those pipelines for natural gas to really sustain above five. We're looking at a longer term chart here. It seems like the uh, real extremes, at least over the last seven, eight years here, is up around six and a half dollars. So we're off of those upper levels we saw uh, 2014, end of 2013, beginning of 2014. Let's talk a little bit about uh, gold at current price levels. We saw the breakout uh, again, kind of a disappointing move for the bulls, a run up and nobody wanted uh, the move up under the circumstances that we saw, but it was short lived, much like uh, some of the other recent run ups we've seen there. Uh, again, a sharp pullback below 1900 again this morning. Yeah, but you have to look at gold. Uh, you know, last year, the precious metals, particularly gold and silver, underperformed. It's been a risk on environment till recently. I think the landscape has changed. Uh, you just mentioned the VIX was near its 52-week high the other day. The ge geopolitical risk that now uh, looks like it's pervading, unfortunately, uh, and that's not going away anytime soon. So I think it's going to keep a, a, a bid for gold. Uh, and also Bitcoin, uh, the re way it's reacted uh, with the onset of the uh, conflict, uh, I think people looking for gold is more of a safe haven. And also central banks, Ben, uh, you know, as, as we move forward in this conflict, and hopefully it will be resolved soon, uh, I think that reserve currency is going to be uh, going back to gold again. We're looking at Bitcoin here. It's holding below the 50-day moving average. I just want to show our viewers how gold is holding above the 50-day moving average, this blue line, a nice retreat away from that. It's down below around that 1827 level, significantly higher and also holding well above the 200-day moving average. Uh, Ed, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, your COM ETF and how it's currently positioned amidst all this volatility and these swings and unexpected circumstances. Yeah, it's been a good year for the broader commodity markets. COM is up about 9% for the year going into today. Uh, most of the gains have been in the energy and, and grain markets, as you would expect. Mm -hmm. I think the one thing unique with us is that we're not always 100% static long. It's a rules-based strategy. Uh, it'll be long a commodity if it's showing a favorable price trend and cash if it's showing a downward price trend. Right now, we're long nine out of the 12 commodities. Uh, based on price trends still, we're, we're in cash with natural gas, uh, silver uh, as well, and, and sugar. Uh, that, that could change, though, as time evolves. Spike yesterday up to that 33 level, it looks like nearing the highs. Again, that we saw, well, what was it, 33.18 from last year, November, at the beginning of the month. Ed, it's great to have you with us this Friday morning. Again, thanks for sharing uh, a part of your day with us here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Ed, you too, Ed. Ed Egolinski, he's the head of alternative investments at Direxion.